Today's scripture reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 26 to 40. Hear these words of scripture. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaka, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. So the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, please tell me, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then as Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. morning. <laughs> Who's ready to talk joy? <laughs> Last week we began the key ingredients of neighboring at worship series. We were reminded of Jesus's command to love your neighbor as yourself. And we were invited to explore our changing identity as a church from being a place where people come to becoming a people who are sent. We were also introduced to the key ingredients that will help us go out and neighbor. The neighboring movement identifies these three ingredients as follows. Relationship, or connecting with those who live near you to share talents and to give and receive care. Abundance, discovering gifts in all people and sharing them with the community. And today's ingredient, my personal favorite, Joy, <laughs> living authentically as God created you. When Pastor Heidi asked me several weeks ago if I might consider sharing a reflection as part of this key ingredients of neighboring worship series, and that the topic was joy, I was excited. 
As far as topics go, who doesn't want to talk about joy? Especially with a correlation to food. <laughs> I was also hesitant, uncertain. Do I really want to stand and speak like a sermon before my church family? E, mm, no. <laughs> there are so many others who could do a better job. In the end, the topic of joy and food overpowered the fear in me. <laughs> I felt like I had a good handle on the topic, so I began to prepare. I read today's scripture reading from Acts chapter 8. I read the worship guide that provided suggestions for this week's theme. I reflected on examples of feel-good neighboring experiences in my own life. And I reflected on joy and the sense of what it means to me to live authentically as God created me. I spent days contemplating how living authentically led to joy, how joy might influence how we neighbor, and how today's scripture might reflect that. And all of this could be tied together in one neat bumper sticker style phrase. You want to know the first thing I wrote down? Brace yourselves. <laughs> Food is the universal language of neighboring. Yeah. I thought to myself, oh boy, God, I think there's been a mistake. Did you really intend for me to do this? What did I get myself into? I allowed myself a moment of doubt and then decided to sit with the discomfort of feeling inadequate and unprepared. And then I opened myself up to the thought. Food is the universal language of neighboring. Where did that come from? Well, maybe it's because food is a common theme in many of my favorite neighboring moments and memories. As a child, I remember the occasional summertime cookouts with our next-door neighbors, the Kimskys. As a college student, I remember accepting an invitation from Heather to share a pizza. Fast forward 25-plus years later, and we're still best friends. <laughs> I remember making egg rolls with my family to deliver to neighbors at Christmas time. I also remember when Matt and I lived in Old Brooklyn, we received garden veggies from our next-door neighbor, Anna. We also took soup and cookies to our neighbors, Jen, Keith, and their girls. And then fast forward to a few months after moving to Brexville in January of 2020, I remember introducing ourselves to neighbors via an index card dropped in mailboxes, offering to go pick up groceries, run errands for anyone who couldn't get out. We met Sharon next door and Lori across the street. And even throughout those initial months of COVID, we kept checking in on each other. In this sense, yes, I guess food is a neighboring language with which I'm familiar. I say familiar because I'm not necessarily fluent when it comes to food. For example, more than half of those good neighboring memories I just shared involved food that I actually did not prepare. <laughs> There's a reason for that. I am not a natural cook. My family and most friends know this about me. I have found a few niche dishes that I can prepare well enough and 
pass off as good. But if I'm going to be a if I'm going to a potluck or picnic and I'm asked to bring a dish, you better believe I'm going to go to a recipe. What's a recipe? Quite simply, it's just a set of instructions for preparing a particular dish, including a list of ingredients. After all, a recipe equals control. It means guidance. It's a failsafe, mostly. <laughs> Someone else has already done the experimenting with ingredients, flavors, prep, and cook times. And they've documented the right way to fix the dish. If all I have to do is follow the recipe to produce the perfect, let's say, garlic herb crusted tenderloin, I'm going to be hungry at the end of this, just so you know. <laughs> I don't know about you. Then why is it that despite all my best efforts and following that recipe to a T, it rarely comes out looking as appetizing as the Instagram post or tasting the way I remember my mom making it? Seriously, it's because much of my family's recipes aren't really recipes. They tend to be a lot of a list of ingredients with the word to taste following each ingredient. Also, why is it that when I see garlic as an ingredient on a recipe, I start to get a little stressed? What kind of garlic? Do they want fresh garlic? Should I crush it, mince it? I'm really tired today. Uh, what if I just use the jar from the fridge? Is that really going to impact the flavor? Why does my prep time, this is the other thing, why does my prep time always last three times longer than what the recipe says it should? Does this happen to anyone else? Okay, good. I see nods, okay. I'm not the only one, thank goodness. <laughs> Clearly, there is some angst, for me at least, when, I, when it comes to recipes. I had a similar angsty kind of feeling as I reread today's story of Philip's interaction with the Ethiopian eunuch. Though he was not one of the 12 apostles, Philip was an early church leader appointed to look after Christians in Jerusalem. And after the persecution and scattering of the church from Jerusalem, Philip left for Samaria where he began preaching the gospel. He found he had a real gift for it, and the book of Acts tells of numerous stories of his talent coming to life as he preached. In fact, did you know Philip is the only person in the Bible to be labeled an evangelist? Fun fact. <laughs> I thought, surely, as I read that story, here is a fail-safe recipe for using joy as an ingredient of good neighboring. If joy is living authentically as God created us, then Philip was Definitely, definitely doing that. Now, some of us may look at Philip in this story and say, yes, this is a recipe I'd like to try for neighboring. Or maybe it's a recipe that you have tried and that you recognize that, yeah, I'm pretty good at this. If that's the case, then I'm here to cheer you on and to use the metaphor, keep cooking. I, on the other hand, as I read this story, especially in the context of actually engaging our actual neighbors as part of our upcoming good neighbor experiment, 
I have to confess that I'm pretty sure I'd completely botch Philip's recipe too, <laughs> for numerous reasons. Oh my, here comes that angst. <laughs> so what's a tentative but aspiring good neighbor supposed to do with this ingredient of joy? That's the question I asked myself. And that's when it dawned on me. Maybe the point of today's scripture reading isn't about giving us the recipe for living authentically as God created us. To go back to the title of the, of the series, we are looking for key ingredients of neighboring, in this case, joy. So who in the story was looking and seeking the joy ingredient? You have two options, right? And we know it's not Philip because he already had it. <laughs> so that would mean, yes, the Ethiopian eunuch. We know that the eunuch was a foreigner. Most eunuchs were sold into their roles by poor parents with limited choices. The most wealthy would use eunuchs as guards or stewards of their most prized possessions because they felt their valuables were safe as eunuchs didn't have any other choice. This eunuch was an outsider and not in control of his own life circumstances. Yet this eunuch was seeking. We know this particular eunuch was also an official, an official in charge of the Ethiopian queen's treasury. With that, and the fact that he was riding in a chariot, I think it's safe to assume that he did not have many worldly needs. Again, scripture paints him as an outsider, but not fulfilled by wealth or possessions. Again, this eunuch was seeking. This story tells us he was also traveling back from Jerusalem, where he went to worship even though eunuchs would have been banned from entering the temple in those days. Again, he was an outsider, not fitting the description of worthy or acceptable in the eyes of the religious authority. Yet still, he went seeking. This eunuch had a spiritual hunger that was unfulfilled. This restlessness and despair define life when we live outside our authenticity and without joy. Has anybody experienced that? <laughs> Some are unable to find joy because of desire for security. Others are seeking wealth and power. And others may be ch chained by the toxic, uh, toxic nature of unhealthy relationships. Many are like the eunuch and have no choice to find joy for reasons that are beyond their control. The story does not end with him still seeking. In fact, it takes a turn for redemption when God calls Philip to interrupt and redirect the direction of the eunuch and turn him towards the living water. In this instance, Philip is used by God in this story to give permission to give grace and to give assurance to the eunuch. In his excitement to be seen authentically, the eunuch, the moment he sees water, he can't wait another minute. And what does he say? Look, here's water. 
what is to prevent me from being baptized? And when every other religious authority in his life has turned him away, Philip does not. The eunuch is immediately baptized and comes away rejoicing. There's that joy. Through Philip, God sees the eunuch for who he is, not by a role that's been forced upon him by others and by the world. This is a person beloved and held by God. And in the living water of the story, he quenches his spiritual hunger and gains access to that key ingredient, joy. As we end our meditation time today, I would like to invite you to seek this ingredient of joy in your own life and how you live your authenticity today. One way to do this is to participate in the four-week study on the key ingredients of neighboring that Jenny is leading in the chapel on Sundays at 9.30. It's good stuff. I was there last week. <laughs> and perhaps it's journaling or meditating on what makes you unique. Maybe it's giving yourself time to practice what you enjoy. How often do we get to do that? Whatever it is, I invite you to commit this week to creating a safe space and to openly receive God's permission, his grace, and his assurance to be fully yourself. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you will guide each of us as we seek to understand ourselves and uncover the gifts and talents you have given us. Help us to move beyond the restlessness and despair we feel when we live outside of who you created us to be. Encourage us to let go of the recipes that you did not intend for us to make. Open our hearts to receive the permission, grace, and assurance that you give us to live authentically. Make clear for us that before we can go out and love our neighbors as ourselves and make safe spaces to grow with God and one another, that we must first love you with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind and with all of our strength to fully embrace the joy in living as you created us. Help us to see that when we, as good neighbors, are grounded in authenticity, we live out the key ingredient of joy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. At this time, I'd like to invite you to please stand in body or in spirit for our closing song.
of the church continues through your help. And here are some ways for you to engage with Brexville UMC in the coming weeks. Starting at 11 a.m. today and going until 3 p.m., the city of Brexville will be hosting their Earth Day event called Invest in Our Planet at the Horticultural Building. I can just about see it out the window, right down, the, right down Stadium Drive. Um, you'll get a sneak peek into how the folks over there do all of the awesome plantings that we see all over the city. You'll get to tour the horticultural building. Um, and what's kind of cool is they invited our church to have a table at the event uh, for our bike ministry. So we will be there, well, Elena will be there setting up and then I will be there this afternoon and anybody else who would like to stop by is more than welcome. Uh, and it, even if you're, you don't wanna stay at that table, maybe go and check out what the city has going on. Um, and speaking of bikes, Mark your calendar for next Saturday from 9 to noon. Uh, join us in Fellowship Hall as we focus on our value of determined service and work to repair and clean bikes and get them out to people who can use them for transportation, safe travel, and maybe sometimes just for fun. I was at an event yesterday put on by the East Ohio Conference and made some connections with uh, groups that are serving our refugee communities and uh, they want a lot of bikes. So we, need, we have a lot of uh, orders to fill and bikes to get out. So join us next Saturday if you can. And even if you can't fix a bike, they need to be washed and uh, just kind of cleaned up too. So you could come and do that. And another way you can be in determined service this week is to bake a batch of cookies for the Pearl Road dinner that is taking place next weekend, April 30th. Instead of buying store-bought cookies for the event, the missions and outreach team thought it would be nice to show our love with some homemade treats, because nothing says love like food. Please drop them off uh, in the tote that's in the main kitchen. So when you walk in the kitchen and you're by the coffee maker, there's a tote on the ground there. Put them into that. Uh, don't put them in the freezer. They'll be looking for them in the tote. Uh, and if you do plan on baking, please have them dropped off by next Sunday morning. Now let us receive the benediction so that we can go do God's good work. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Shalom. Mm-hmm. <laughs>